You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Episode 8 of Leaf Sky. Jim Taddy with you. Coming up later in the broadcast, we'll have a couple of experts to analyze the Leafs' Thursday night win over the Vancouver Canucks. But before we get there, the 55th Super Bowl is this weekend. 55. Wow. And a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner, Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. And once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everybody gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use the promo THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, now to episode eight, the Leafs story. And so they had some time off four days after the trip through Alberta, which was very successful. And so a lot of times you approach the first game back with some apprehension, wondering what would be going on and concerns going into the game were answered quite readily. And so Nick Batan made his leap debut on the fourth line with Boyd and Spezza. How was that going to work out? Well, Jason Spezza had three goals, Boyd had two assists, Batan had one assist, and they were plus five on the night and six points. And when you look at the race time, talk about the efficient use of a fourth line. So let's go to Spezza first because he had the biggest night. He was plus two. 12-17 is what he played at five shots on goal and seven and three in the faceoff dot. Up next, Nick Patan making his Maple Leaf debut for this season, had an assist, played 11-42. And Travis Boyd, who had been debuting as a Leaf earlier or had debuted as a Leaf earlier this season, is the right way to say that, uh, pretty good. Two assists and 10-48 of ice time. Just solid efficiency from the fourth line. And if you're going to get that kind of production out of those guys, the sky is the limit. So, really, after the 7-3 win on Thursday night, what are the storylines? Fourth line, very good production. The offensive core offensive players were very good. Austin Matthews had two goals. Nylander had three assists. Marner had one and two for three points. And there was pushback. What do I mean by that? Okay, so late in the game, the, the kid Hughes on the Vancouver defense gets run into the boards by Wayne Simmons and Ben didn't like that for Vancouver, and he goes and challenges Simmons, and there's a bit of a fight there. You know, no major damage. It was a kind of a longer fight than you normally see, but, you know, they parted friends. But the bottom line is this is an element the Leafs didn't have before. Hard hit into the boards, retribution for it, and an answer back. 
Nice to have that. You don't need to use it all the time, but a nice element to have. We've got two guests on the broadcast podcast today. Uh, Dave McCarthy is here. He's from Sirius XM NHL Radio, host of Ice Caps and the Sunday Brunch, and later on Rob Leth, a freelance reporter in Toronto. So let's dive into the 7-3 win Thursday night over Vancouver, the first of three games on Scotiabank Ice against Vancouver. Saturday they play, and then Monday, and then the Leafs get some more time off and then play Montreal in a home-and-home, which is going to be a real treat to watch. But let's deal now with game one. 7-3 7-3 over Vancouver on Thursday night. Here is Dave McCarthy. Okay, Dave, we're uh, dealing with the uh, 7-3 win over Vancouver Thursday night. Uh, when I watch this Leafs team play, it's kind of engaging because you see different elements on different nights. And clearly, Thursday night it was the newly constructed fourth line. Three goals for Spezza, six points for the line. They were plus five on the night. That's a nice ad, isn't it? Well, it is, and it's uh, something that Sheldon Keefe has been searching for uh, since the beginning of the season. That's why they've been rotating so many guys in and out of that out of that role on the fourth line. Guys like Joey Anderson and Adam Brooks and Pierre Engvall, and um, you know who we saw last night with Nick Patan getting an opportunity. Um, the coach has been very open about that. He's looking for a group to to take hold of that role. And um, the good thing is when you're winning, as the Leafs have continued to do, uh, you have that opportunity. You have racetrack to work with there because you're not up against the clock. You're not, in other words, putting yourself in a tight spot where you have no choice but to win. They've got uh, a little bit of leeway to search for the best lineup right now. So that's what the coach has been doing. And uh, Keith was certainly complimentary. Um, of, of what he saw from that fourth line, specifically Patan and Spezza, uh, after the game. And if that's the type of impact that your fourth line can make, um, you're going to be really happy with that. Obviously, they're not going to produce that level of offense on a, uh, on a regular basis. But every now and again, you need the bottom of your lineup to chip in with a goal or two. And um, certainly what we saw out of that uh, compliment last night, uh, they looked like they were capable of doing that. However, and I'm sure we'll touch on this, man, Vancouver, they were brutal defensively. Oh, well, now that you said that, I mean, you know, there's the Leafs probably skating, looking and thinking to themselves, hey, we can go right around the outside and in, which they did on several occasions. And and guess what? The lateral pass is in tonight. So, yeah. I mean, they just whipped that thing around. It was wild. I mean, even on the Tavares goal, it was Morgan Riley waltzed right in, cross the ice to Willie Nylander, back across the ice to Tavares at the front of the net. John, you, you comfortable in front here? Take your time. All the time you need in front, jam away, put it in. I mean, that's just, that's just way too easy in the National Hockey League. So um, while the Leafs were good last night, and uh, that's one of the things that they talked about, uh, Spezza said it after the game, Keefe said it after the game. We had three, four days to prepare. Uh, we talked about wanting to play with pace and and playing with um, you know a level of speed through the neutral zone, and and they both said, look, we 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 did that, um, so that was good on the Leafs' part. But let's also not kid ourselves. Um, Vancouver made it incredibly easy as well because some of the goals that were scored, I mean, a couple of the Spezza goals where he just and Alex Edler's a decent defenseman. He just walked Alex Edler like it was nothing. JT Millery took advantage of when, when the Canucks put themselves in a bad spot pinching. Um, there were just all kinds of mistakes all over the ice. And credit to the Leafs, they, they took advantage. But 
whew, if you're a Canucks fan, <laughs> I would not be too happy after that performance. Well, you know, we're fifth of the way through the season. Uh, so you can look at it and, and think to yourself, this division isn't that tough. I mean, Montreal is formidable and, and maybe even better than the Leafs. That would be an interesting series. And, and, you know, they've got a lot of time left to to figure that out. But in terms of the rest, and I'm saying this with all due respect, the mm-hmm. rest is negotiable. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Um, like, I picked Winnipeg and Calgary to be the other two teams in the playoffs out of the Canadian division along with Toronto and Montreal. Um, and so far, Winnipeg's making me look fairly fairly smart. I, I liked how they've played. Um, but Calgary, albeit they've played a few less games than other teams, they've got some questions, certainly. Um, Edmonton has been really not unlike Vancouver in terms of how they play when they don't have the puck, which is to say relatively loose. Um, and Vancouver, I was concerned about coming into the year. Um, and I remain concerned about them now that we're a fifth of the way into the year. I mean, we just talked about them. They do not look like a good team at all right now. And Ottawa, I, I don't know what there is to say there. I, I didn't expect them to finish any higher than seventh. But, man, I thought they'd be a competitive seventh, Jim, if you know what I mean. Like, I thought yeah. they'd be in games and, and make you pay a price and, and chip away and grind away at you. They're, they look like they've taken – two steps back from last year, which is something I did not expect at all. Well, and, you know, because all the games are in your division, if you lose a string of games in regulation, it puts you behind, a, a, you know, it's a massive climb out of that hole, and it's hard to do because then you have to win in regulation on a winning streak, which is not easily done. Well, every game is like a four-point game. And when you're playing teams that are below you in the standings right now, um, especially if you're playing a team like Ottawa or even Vancouver that has really, really battled it over the first fifth of the season. It, I mean, it's a term you like to use, Jim, but it's non-negotiable. You have to, you have to win those games because if you, if, if you allow Ottawa to take games off you, chances are other teams that you're battling with are not going to let the same issue happen. And then suddenly you're going to start to see a change in the in the standings in in short order. So give credit to the Leafs against Vancouver last night. They made no bones about it. It was really not close from start to finish. And as the as the guys referenced after the game, especially Sheldon Keefe, um, that was good. But you know the National Hockey League comes at you quickly. The key now is to regroup. Make sure we do it again on Saturday. Dave, let's get something straight. If you're going to use all my material, I'm going to feel like I'm talking to myself, which is not very engaging for me. <laughs> and not all your material. Just select bits of which I find too good to 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 do anything other than use. It would be non-negotiable, shall we say? Well, okay. yeah, yes, guy. <laughs> all right. Uh, so the fourth line was great last night. However, the really cons- uh, the newly constructed third line, uh, not so good. Kerfoot, Mikheyev, and VC. Uh, you need more out of those guys. And, and I know there's there's only, you know, they got seven goals, so you shouldn't really be negative that way. But I think on a, on a regular basis, regardless, regardless of if they're playing together or not, you need mm-hmm. more out of those three guys. Well, Mikheyev is, is snake bit right now. He's been all around the net, and he's been getting some opportunities. He just hadn't been able to shoot it in the net. Uh, but, yeah, you do need – uh, something from Mikheyev. Quite frankly, you need something from the the left wing spot on the second line with Nylander and Tavares. And that's an area that they've been searching for as well. Like They've run VC through there. They've run Mikheyev through there. Now they're giving Simmons a try. And I thought Simmons looked pretty good last night, actually. 
Um, but but certainly the Kerfoot Micaiah VC line was was unnoticeable on on a night where it was points night, which was uh, somewhat disappointing. Like I actually had to look after the game, and I said to myself, "Was VC even playing tonight?" Like not to be ardently disrespectful, but that is to illustrate how little I noticed him. So um, luckily, when when your fourth line steps up the way that it did, um, it's it's not an issue. But if you take Spetz's three goals away or even even two of his goals away, the one that didn't come on the power play, well, then it's not nearly as runaway of a game as, as it was with those goals. And then you can start to look at, at your third line and say, man, they, they, really, uh, they didn't really step up and give us that much. Um, but but that's, that's the good thing when you're the Leafs. You essentially have two top lines. Um, so you hope one of them is going on any given night. Last night... You know, by and large, Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares were going. And then the fourth line chipped in. So you're okay in that sense. But um, certainly that third line, Kerfoot, uh, Mikheyev, and VC, I think they, have, they all need to be better moving forward. I think uh, to, to pay homage to Randy Carlisle through the first uh, 10 games of the year, those guys have been just okay. Well, I mean, you're just ripping material from all over the place, but you know, it's it's okay. We'll we'll let you do that. Uh, <laughs> when you look at the forward unit, though, I mean, there's the uh, the debut of Patan, who who was really good, and Boyd mm-hmm. showed himself a couple of games ago, and Spezza just gets better by the game. So, I mean, that that forward unit, regardless of our concern for the third line, is doing nicely, and when Thornton comes back, even better. Now, in the blue line, uh, Travis Dermott goes up with a leg injury, uh, and you know, they've said that Lettinen is not comfortable in the five-on-five game yet. So I, I, is this an opportunity for Sandine? Well, it might be. Um, the The good thing for Dermot is that uh, Sheldon Keefe suggested it was a minor issue, uh, probably a Charlie horse, he said, after the game. So that doesn't seem like it'll be a long-term thing, which is good because it didn't look like he was in real good shape, Dermot, when he left the ice. Uh, but I'd still, I'd still look to get Sandine into a game or two just – for no other reason than you want to keep him alive. Um, because if you do need him and you're 25, 30 games into the year and he hasn't played in, um, you know, almost 14, 15 months, that's tough. And what we said earlier in the chat here, when you continue to win, you continue to have the ability uh, to cycle some guys in and out of the lineup and not be, be, be super concerned with, with icing your optimal lineup because you need wins in the worst way. So it might be an opportunity now to, to give Sandine um, – what I would do is I would give him Saturday and I would give him Monday because you don't want to just stick a guy in um, for one game. If he plays good, you take him out. Well, that kind of kills him. And if he, plays, if he plays poorly on Saturday, you take him out. And then he's thinking, oh, geez, now I've, I've really screwed myself here. So I'd give him two, but give him two against Vancouver who, who aren't exactly a world beater right now. Um, and, and it may be an opportunity for him to, to slide in uh, under more, um, I guess, agreeable conditions would be the best way that I could put it. But I, I would look to give him an opportunity, keep him alive, and then that gives Dermot a couple days, you know, until the middle of next week, almost a week, to just make sure he's, he's, he's fully good and that um, what happened last night isn't something that could be re-aggravated moving forward. Okay, uh, the lightning round of Yes Guy, No Guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, those listening on wireless or wired earbuds, time now for the first of three 
Yes Guy, No Guy cracks in this particular podcast. Yes Guy, No Guy number one. The Leafs can now figure out how to win every night. Yes Guy. Yeah, that absolutely. They have shown me an ability to win games in different ways uh, through the first part of the season, which I think is critical. If you want to win in a barn burner with them, uh, they, they can do it like they did last night. If uh, you got to play a tighter game, uh, they can do it like they did against Calgary uh, a couple of uh, a couple of Sundays ago. Um, that is that is critical to me, Jim, because last year it seemed like the Leafs only had one way to win. They had to beat you by, by you know winning like six four, um, and if their offense wasn't going, good luck trying to win a tight game. Um, in the playoffs, you, you don't get to score that often all the time. You need to find ways to grind down games. And I, I like how they've been able to manage games down the stretch in the third period um, when, when things need to be a little bit tighter. So absolutely, yes, Guy, they can win in a variety of different ways, which is a really, really positive sign. Yes, Guy, no Guy number two. Freddie Anderson could actually be better. Ooh, better than... That's a... Uh, maybe guy is that an option like it's up to you guy it, it, yeah uh maybe guy oh. i'll say because I, I think what we've seen out of him the last uh last couple of weeks or so after the first maybe yeah really really after the first week of the year where he was kind of soft um since then i've been pretty pretty confident with what i've seen out of freddie but i also think that by and large the the play in front of them has been much better as well in that first week but the thing that that always seems to be the barometer with me when it comes to freddy jim is 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 he allowing one of those goals where you're just like oh man i can't go in the net and and he hasn't done that lately uh, at least nothing that stands out to me and usually those are the types of goals they'll stand out in your mind and if they do he's letting them in and if they don't uh he's not so um, maybe guy, but I've been, if he gives you this level of net minding moving forward, I think you're in really good shape. Yeah. I, I really asked that because I think that on a nightly basis, uh, unlike the past, he doesn't have to be the deciding factor. I mean, I'm not taking away from his play. I think he plays very well, but in some games he is the deciding factor and in some games he doesn't have to be, which is a difference from even a year ago. Yeah, like there was a, I believe it was a game against Calgary. I forget if it was the first or the second. It might have been, it was the second game, I think, because Campbell played the first. Um, he was really good in that game. Um, right. And and I don't think got near enough credit for how good he was because the Leafs weren't all that good early in that game. They, they settled in later. Um, he was a big difference. So it, it's okay when you ask your goalie uh, to help you out every now and again and steal you a game. But when, when that's your recipe for success, as it seemed to be, last year where the, they had to score six and, they, and then they had to hope that Freddie found a way to stand on his head and, and make sure that um, he, he didn't let, let in any more than three or four. I mean, you're not going to win consistently like that. But now, if all you're asking is your goalie to make the saves that he needs to make, which he has um, over the last two, three weeks, you're going to be in good shape. Okay, final yes guy, no guy for this segment. Wayne Simmons is the missing element. Yes, guy. Yeah, I've really liked what I've seen out of Wayne Simmons. I think he has, after the again, after the first couple weeks, because remember, somebody had a preseason, and he's moving into a new, uh, new situation. It was tough for a lot of guys to get up and running. But in the last two weeks or so, 
really since Thornton's gone out of the lineup, uh, he's impacted the game in a variety of different ways. Um, he, he's he's gotten to the net, which is which is critical. Um, he has contributed on the power play. Uh, he's been some sandpaper at even strength. He's dropped the gloves when need be, which you know, we've talked about before, but I think there's a critical element to that. Not all the time, but every now and again, that's necessary. And, and he's just he's a threat out there um, to play that way, of which the Leafs did not have in years past. Um, and and he, you know what you're getting from him. He's a level water guy. Like you, you generally you're not going into a game wondering, uh, is, is Wayne going to show up tonight? Am I going to get an effort out of him, or you know, are we going to have to try and drag him along? He's going to drag everybody else along, but by but by what he puts forward on a nightly basis, and I think that filters on down through the team. So um, certainly, I. I uh, it's early to say whether or not this will all add up to to a championship. Hopefully, it does. If you're a Leaf fan, but but what I will say is the is the is the additions that Kyle Dubas have made um, over the off season. Guys like Wayne Simmons, guys like Zach Bogosian, um, guys like T.J. Brody, who they have all made big impacts early on and been um, guys that have contributed to positive outcomes. And for a lot of the additions that Dubas made last offseason, like a year ago, um, none of them really did contribute. So it's really positive to see that the additions that have been made over this past offseason have really stepped up in a big way, and Wayne is right at the at the front of that line. Dave, I have to say, it's non-negotiable. We have to move on to our next guest. Thank you very much. <laughs> Always good to be on, Jim. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Time now to knock on door number two. And it's Rob Leth, a freelance reporter in Toronto. All right, Rob, let's go over that uh, Thursday night 7-3 win over Vancouver. Um, an interesting game in that the Leafs could do what they wanted to, I thought. How about you? Yeah, it uh, really was a perfect situation, I thought, for the Leafs uh, coming off a four-day rest and playing against a Vancouver team that had a couple of tough games in Montreal and have been on the road for close to a week. And, you know, it really looked like a rested team playing a tired team and a highly skilled team against a team with a lot of defensive flaws. Uh, what's your take on the Leafs? Uh, I'm kind of happy with what I see. For me, uh, they've taken the next step. They sort of know what to do and when to do it now, as opposed to trying to figure it out, which is how they appeared to me over the last couple of years. Yeah, what I've really been impressed with since uh, Sheldon Keefe took over is their ability to uh, control the puck and you know dictate the play. And if they don't like what they see, they circle back to their own zone and, and start again. And just that puck possession, that's great defense, right? Like if you have the puck, the other team is not getting shots on goal. And just seeing the way that not only the Austin Matthews line, but all the way down through uh, one through four. And we really saw it last night, not only with Jason Spezza scoring a hat trick, the eighth of his career and the first one in almost 1,800 days, but Nick Batan, you know, another guy from the taxi squad that just comes in and, you know, fills the role. And he played less than 10 minutes, but he was one of the most dangerous leaps I thought all night long. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And it's great to get that kind of production off the fourth line. You know, we've talked about who should be on the fourth line almost uh, to the point of uh, just getting sick of it, you know, over the last three or four years. And, and this year they've had really good uh, configurations for the fourth line. But clearly the Thursday night game, that fourth line was the best they could ever hope for. Yeah, they've also, you know, they've lost Joe Thornton for an extended period. Nick Robertson, who I was excited to, to see play this year, uh, he's out for a while, um, and these guys just step in and do the job. 
And then you think about guys like Andreas Janssen and Kasperi Kapanen, who had both had speed to burn and highly skilled guys, and the Leafs just couldn't afford to keep them around anymore. And it just it doesn't seem to matter. It's just they have so much depth on that taxi squad, and every guy is hungry to get their chance to come into the lineup and prove, you know, what they can do. And then, you know, a guy like Jason Spezza, who was placed on waivers not too long ago. Uh, I know it's just a, a you know paperwork move, but he was still placed on waivers, and you know that's got to hurt. He's got a lot of pride. He comes in as a 37-year-old and scores three goals last night and looked like vintage Jason Spezza. And if you're on the bench and you're seeing a 37-year-old do that, well, you better pick up the pace and, you know, do your job. I like what you said about the guys that, that moved out, Janssen and Kapanen, uh, just because to me that was um, – it's got nothing to do with the individuals. But on that roster, there just seemed to be too many duplicate players. So if, if you walked up to Janssen and Kapanen and asked them where they want to play, they would want to be top six. But – sort of the job was already taken. So then you've got guys that, that think they and deserve to be in the top six, maybe on another team or, or have more of a say in ice time, but, but not getting it with Toronto. Uh, and, and so they move out and, and will flourish elsewhere. But the people that come in seem to be more suited for what the Leafs want them to do, don't they? Yeah, I think some people were worried about the lack of speed when you bring in guys like Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons and even maybe Jimmy DC. But, you know, the Leafs have a new dimension. We saw even last night, you know, an exclamation point with Wayne Simmons, that huge hit on Quinn Hughes at the end of the game. I'm not sure if that was, you know, such a great idea when they've got the game in hand and you have to play him two more times this week. But I don't think Wayne Simmons really cares. And, you know, Jordy Ben answering the call and the two guys having to scrap there. But, you know, the Leafs are creating an identity and a tougher team to play against this year. Well, it's it's an element they haven't had for quite some time. I don't think they've ever had a, a Wayne Simmons type player. So, you know, even though, you know, and I would agree with you that normally you wouldn't want to do that at that time of the game, but it's good to know that you have that element on your roster for reference points later on when it matters. Yeah, and Quinn Hughes, you know, he's one of the most dynamic young defensemen in the NHL. And, you know, next game, he's definitely going to have his head up. He's going to be wondering where Wayne Simmons is on the ice. And, you know, if, you if you're thinking that, you're not thinking about offense and do playing your game. And Wayne Simmons really brings that to the Leafs. And another thing that's impressed me, Jim, is, you know, not only the Leafs winning, but this wasn't a one-goal game. They've had so many one-goal games this year, and you thought, well, once the skill going to take over, they're going to have an easy game. That's what we saw last night. And, again, the Leafs taking advantage of the situation and, and really getting the job done. And, you know, moving into first place and, you know, taking care of business early in the season when later in the season, maybe points are going to be a little tougher to come by. Yeah. And I would agree with that too. I mean, that's um, that gets back to what I said about uh, knowing what to do and when to do it. And, and when you're playing in a game last night, you're looking and going, they're going to give us the outside. So we'll go around the defense and in the score and, and they're going to give us the, the offensive zone uh, lateral pass. And they took advantage of that. Normally they wouldn't do that, but they did and, and they succeeded. Another thing that's impressed me is, you know, the lack of shots against. Like, the Leafs actually look like a good defensive team this year, which is weird because they've had good teams in the past. But you always saw guys like Felix Potvin, Curtis Joseph, Ed Belfort, you know, bailing them out on a nightly basis and basically helping them get those two points. The Leafs would win a lot of games, but they would get outshot in a lot of those games. But again, with the puck possession, um, you're seeing the, the team defense of the Toronto Maple Leafs and Freddie Anderson – you know, he, he hasn't been, I would say, his all-star form this year, but he's definitely been good enough, and that's all you've needed so far from Freddie Anderson. Yeah, you know, it's uh, probably a mix of uh, hockey intelligence being increased and uh, and maturity, but 
you know, some of those little catchphrases like the the best defense is not spending a lot of time in your own zone, and they don't. They don't get trapped in there. Uh, and I like what you said earlier about, uh, you know, if, it, if the breakout doesn't work, you go back and, and reset. It seemed to me that under the other coach, they had to follow the schematic, and, and the schematic didn't work. There was a problem. There was no no alternative. But these guys, uh, I don't know if it's intelligence and maturity or, or just maybe knowing what to do. I don't know what the, how to describe it. But when you watch them play, you can see it happening. And there's also no panic in their game. And you see last night, too, Travis Dermott, he gets hurt in the first five minutes. All of a sudden, you're down to five defensemen for the whole night. And, you know, TJ Brody played 25-01. Uh, Morgan Riley played 26-01. And it really didn't seem to matter. And they weren't tested all that often. And they weathered that storm and battled the adversity. And, you know, they didn't really miss Travis Dermott at all last night. Yeah, that, that's another good point. I mean, it's not really on any one savior-type player anymore, is it? It's the whole unit's there. And if somebody goes down, they just step in and fill, fill the blank. Yeah, you, know, you look at a team like the Edmonton Oilers, who I think are where the Leafs were. They yeah. they depend on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl every night. But once you get past those top two lines, they're exposed. Whereas the Leafs, every line they have is dangerous. And it seems like every line is responsible um, at both ends of the ice. Okay, I'm going to uh, warn you. We're going to play Yes Guy, No Guy very shortly. I just have to sort of form my questions. But we will play Yes Guy, No Guy before this is over. Um, I was looking at um, the production from the fourth line last night and and then looking above to the third line, the newly constructed third line of Kerfoot, McKayev, and, and VC, and combined, although they haven't played together, but combined they have what, nine points on the season. So they need some offense out of those guys. And there you have that reconstructed fourth line that got six points in their first game. So obviously a void there. Yeah, uh, it's really a, like one of the most astounding things to me this season is the fact that Ilya Mikheyev has not scored a goal. He, he's been so dangerous. And I thought one of the, the best leaps of the season so far, and he just hasn't been rewarded for it. And you just think mentally coming off that horrific uh, injury he had last year, just mentally, you want to see him get on that score sheet sooner than uh, rather than later. And, you know, just speed the burn. He just needs one of those shots to hit the back of the net. And I think he'll be fine. Okay. I'm going to ask producer Mike for the music. We're going to play yes guy, no guy with Rob left. Thank you, producer Mike. Yes guy, no guy. Number one. The Leafs have learned their lesson. Yes, Guy, absolutely. Um, you know, Sheldon Keefe's message has gotten through these guys. And like we said before, they're playing at both ends of the ice. And I think they've received the message loud and clear and learned it. Uh, yes, Guy, no Guy number two. It no longer matters who scores the goal. Yes, Guy, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, we saw that last night with the fourth line and Jason Spezza picking up the hat trick and showing these young guys how it's done. Um, it doesn't matter who scores, it just matters how many, and you score more than the other team, you're going to get the two points. And one final yes guy, no guy. Yes guy, no guy. Morgan Riley will hit a level this year that he's never played at before. Yes guy. He's uh, back to the form we saw a couple years ago and, and then some. And paired with TJ Brody on the back end, it gives him more of a chance to, you know, um, create plays offensively, um, not worrying about, you know, being trapped in the offensive zone. and. You know, just that matchup allows him, you know, at 100% health to be the Morgan Riley that, again, we saw a couple years ago. And he's just picking up, you know, a couple of assists on a nightly basis and playing with guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and the dynamic power play. Absolutely, uh, this is going to be the best offensive year we've seen from him. Well, three yes guys from Rob. So we say yes guy to you for stopping by. Thank you. Yes guy, Jim. <laughs> Last minute of play in this podcast. 
Well, there is the time warning from PA announcer Mike Ross. And producer Mike, if you can give us some spicy music, a nice beat there. Good, 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 good work. Now it's time for the Yes Guy, No Guy Awards. The Yes Guy Award goes to the fourth line. Are you kidding me? Spezza with three goals, Boyd with two assists, the Tan with an assist, the entire line. Each of them gets a Yes Guy Award. Yes Guy Award number two goes to Austin Matthews. Two goals, has eight on the season, and is a sniper out there. Yes Guy Award goes to William Nylander, three assists, always around the play. And another Yes Guy Award goes to Mitch Marner, a goal and two assists. His scoring streak is alive and a, a big contributor in the Thursday night win. And a supplemental Yes Guy to Wayne Simmons, who had the big hit on Hughes and then responded with a, a fight from Ben. And that's just, like I said earlier in the podcast, an element the Leafs didn't have before, but they have it now. And it's good to know that it's there. Only one No Guy Award. It goes to Travis Dermott with the leg injury. We certainly hope it is not a long-term thing. Well, thanks for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed Episode 8. And I hope you come back for Episode 9 on Tuesday.